This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the podcast today. Wow. Great one. Great show? No, I was saying the great one's on the phone for me, uh, Mark Levin. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. You did. (laughs) Uh, Great podcast today, um, including going into the DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom debate, which was a debacle for Newsom and very good, I think. For DeSantis, I mean, it was a good really night for good him. for DeSantis. He looked really good, and I think it's a, the type of approach he can he should be uh, trying to create new opportunities where yes. it can be you know it can be uh, replicated because he he's good in those moments. He's better in those moments than he is in like a Republican debate. It's it's hard in a Republican debate to to walk all the lines that you're trying to help some of the, some of these voters. He just on attack, and he's fantastic. I thought he was uh, last night. We also have, um, you have a big podcast out this weekend, Glenn, mm-hmm. um, with a survivor uh, from Israel, which is an incredible story. She she was there. She lived the horror for eight hours with terrorists every 30 minutes uh, coming in with machine guns and grenades. She survived at the bottom of a pile of dead bodies. You will not believe her story. And what she says about the dead that we're on top of her. It, it's it's crazy. You've never heard anything like it. Also on today's podcast, uh, we tell you the clear and present danger that if we don't turn this around before the next election, um, it will be the end, not only of just the republic, freedom of mankind, but also free will, and you will not see it coming. And it's happening right now, and nobody is talking about it. We talk about Elon Musk. Uh, who he is in history, and I compare him to three or four people. Um, he's fighting the same the same thing that other really famous people have fought in the past, uh, and they lost each time. I think he has the shot to win. And we tell you more about that on my uh, X feed, um, and find that message to Elon Musk and retweet it for me, will you? Here is today's podcast in just a second. First, relief factor. If you're living in pain, please, I know, you, I know you've tried everything. If you really have pain, you've tried everything. Nothing works. I didn't think this would work. Honest, I'm going to be straight up with you. Uh, I don't know why people buy things from advertisement. Because when I watch advertisements, I, I'm always like, it's not going to work for me. What a stupid ad. Like, that, I'm going to listen to that guy. So... I know how you feel because that's the way I feel. All right. So when my, my my wife said, please try Relief Factor, I'm like, the one on the radio? It's not. Uh-uh. I tried it because she forced me and it worked and it's changed my life. Please. Over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start Kit. 70% of them have gone on to order it. Again, please be one of them like me. Relief Factor. Three-week quick start, 1995. Comes with a Relief Factor feel better, your money-back guarantee. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com or 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF.
on Elon Musk's work against censorship of social platforms. It's getting ugly. Uh, the end of the ceasefire. It ended uh, last night. The United States is, I mean, we are, we're on the wrong side, guys. We're on the wrong side. Um, but the ceasefire is over. We'll get into that. The, the clear and present danger that is happening uh, and being exposed in Congress today, the most this one is it. I've always people are like, what's the biggest thing? This is it. If this isn't stopped, it does mean not only the end of the republic, but the end of free will. And I'll explain later on in the program. Also, we're going to cover the uh, DeSantis and Newsom debate that happened last night with Sean Hannity. Um, but I wanted to start with something that was bigger, um, bigger in its scope, because sometimes <laughs> All the time. When you listen to this program, it can kick you to the curb. It can just kick you in the head repeatedly and repeatedly, and you feel like everything is out of control. Let me start with something that will give you perspective. In 1978, at a time that was much like this one, see if this sounds familiar, the country was in shambles, stagflation, despair, energy crisis, rampant crime, People were hopeless, disillusioned. They stopped believing in America. They stopped believing that things will get better. The greatest city, as was declared in the uh, early 1960s, Detroit, had fallen from its perch. The car industry, once the greatest in the world, was in shambles. America was now being clobbered by a country in the Far East who were coming here buying our land and our landmarks. Americans felt America was over. Does that sound familiar at all? So at that time, 1978, one of the greatest American composers, Aaron Copland, joined with Henry Fonda just to remind Americans of who they were, where they came from. Eric Copeland wrote, I mean, he's just he's written some of the greatest American music of all time. He had the Philharmonic uh, playing all of his beautiful music. And, and Henry Fonda took to the stage and spoke. He spoke of the dark times and the hope of Abraham Lincoln. I listened to that over the last few days. Um, and the feeling of 1978, because I remember hearing that when I was a kid, and the feeling of that time and the words that he was speaking rang true to me. Uh, I don't have the license to be able to play the Aaron Copeland thing with Henry Fonda, but you should look it up and listen to it. Now, I don't have Aaron Copeland backing me up, and I don't have Henry Fonda's voice or... Uh, credibility, but I do have mine and I do have my thoughts and I do know history. So I took his speech as a model and I wrote it anew. Now his told the story of Lincoln, but I chose the words of three presidents and one average citizen to tell the story of you and me 
in all of us who are lucky enough to dare call ourselves American. In the early dawn of our nation, we stood at freedom's threshold. That is what he said. That is what George Washington said. Citizens of a young nation, behold our path of freedom. We in this fledgling republic carry the weight of a new world on our shoulders. Our actions, humble or grand, will forge a legacy beyond our lifetimes. The responsibility of freedom, the duty of honor, these are the burdens that we bear for future generations. Let the standard of the wise and the honest guide us under the watchful hand of providence, he said. This is what George Washington said. In times of peace and uncertainty, our resolve must never falter. The sacred fire of liberty entrusted to the American people demands our vigilance. In this great experiment of government, our actions will echo through the ages. Citizens of a young nation, behold the path of freedom. That is what he said. He was born in Virginia, a land of rolling hills and boundless skies. And this is what he said. This is what George Washington said. Let us raise that standard to which the wise and the honest can repair. The event is in the hand of God. Duty, honor, country. These are not mere words. They are the foundations of a life well lived. In stature and in spirit, he stood tall. And this is what he said. The preservation of the sacred fire of liberty and the destination of the the destiny of the Republican model of government are entrusted to the hands of the American people. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will only be because we destroyed ourselves. A leader, a reluctant general, a president, a man of deep honor and integrity, a father of a country. George Washington was a man of few but powerful words. But when he spoke of duty and honor, this is what he said. He said, labor to keep alive in your breast that little spark of celestial fire called conscience. George Washington, the first president of these United States, forever etched in the annals of history. In the winter at Valley Forge, this is what he said. He said, Perseverance and spirit have done wonders in all ages. Let us, therefore, rely on the goodness of our cause and the aid of the Supreme Being, in whose hands victory is to animate and encourage us to great and noble actions. Later amidst the turmoil to end an ancient evil and try to right the nation's wrongs, a voice rose again, a beacon of hope amidst the sea of despair. 
And this is what he said. This is what Abraham Lincoln said. Fondly do we hope, fervently do we pray, that this mighty scourge may speedily pass away. Yet, if God wills that it continue until all of the wealth piled by the bondsman's 250 years of unrequited toil shall be sunk until every drop of blood drawn with the lash shall be paid by another drawn with the sword. As it was said 3,000 years ago, still it must be said, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. He said, with malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right as God gives us the right to see it. Let us strive to finish the work we're in and bind the nation's wounds. The storm passed, but our nation's wounds were deep. This time it took a king to pull us back together. Not like the kings of old who claimed God gave them the right to rule and be master over men. This king quietly, meekly, peacefully, became the servant of God and man. Martin Luther King, who taught us to love and forgive and live up to our own ideals, to live as one, not seeing the color of skin. Almost a century after that great and bloody war, evil in the heart of man dared showed its face again. And this king joined Abraham Lincoln as he too was crowned in glory as a martyr. But this is what he said. He said, when the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. But we refuse to believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. And so we come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. This is what he said. This is what Martin Luther King said. I have a dream today that all men can live together, live as one and not be judged by the color of his skin, but the, by the content of his character. In the quest for freedom, we stand as one. That is what he said. That is what Ronald Reagan said. In the quest for freedom, we stand as one. Across the globe, wherever tyranny cast its shadow, here or abroad, it is the duty of every American to be a beacon of hope. Our nation, conceived in liberty, carries the torch that enlightens the world. 
in the face of oppression, we shall not waver. Our resolve is strength, our unity, our shield. Born in Illinois, who, like Washington, Lincoln, and MLK, never lost his God-given optimism, Reagan had found it in his upbringing. And he, too, dreamt of a world unchained. And this is what he said. This is what Ronald Reagan said. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for. It must be protected and then handed on for them to do the same. Standing firm, he looked beyond the horizon, and this is what he said. He said, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. We are a nation that has a government, not the other way around. This is what makes us special among the nations of Earth. Ronald Reagan, once a Democrat, then a Republican, an American president and leader, a man who saw America not just as a country, but as an ideal. But when he spoke of Americans' duty, this is what he said. He said, we must always remember, we must always be prepared, so we may always be free. Our cause is noble, and it is the cause of mankind. In his words at the Brandenburg Gate, this is what he said. Let us be a force for good, a force for freedom, a force that fights for peace and justice in a world too often scarred by the opposite. And as the dream of freedom endures, its guardians emerge in new forms. This is what Ronald Reagan said. In the quest for freedom, we unite against darkness, the darkness of tyranny. Our nation, a beacon of hope, stands resilient against the bullies of the world. We inherit not just a land, but a legacy of freedom that we must defend with unwavering courage. He said, let us be unafraid in the face of evil. Our unity is our strength. And in that strength lies the power to shape a world that cherishes freedom and justice. Our destiny is not predetermined. It is only crafted by our own hands, our hearts, and our unwavering spirit. In the symphony of our nation's history. These voices blend into a single, enduring melody. From the foundations laid by the vision of Washington to the unyielding resolve championed by Reagan and the enduring hope of justice that was articulated by Lincoln, our journey is one of continuous striving. We as a people have weathered the storms of change and stood as a pillar against the tides of oppression. Together, these voices echo. Our legacy is not merely in the battles won, but in the unrelenting pursuit of a world where freedom reigns supreme. The spirit of America, resilient, bold, 
inspires us to uphold the ideals of democracy and humanity. So in unity, we must affirm as heirs to this great legacy, we must carry forward the torch of liberty. Let us here and abroad be the keepers of this flame, a light that guides the world towards a brighter, more just future. For in unity, in our courage, in our commitment to the ideals that have always defined us, we will find strength to build a world where freedom, justice, and hope flourish for all. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Yesterday, there was a very important hearing in Congress on the weaponization of the federal government. And I knew it would be a wake-up call um, about how close we are to living Orwell's 1984. But in a surprising way, it was even more disturbing to me. And, you know, in the super boring way that all government hearings are. I'm going to spare you from having to watch all of it. I have clips from it and then go watch all of it. I want to summarize what happened. The hearing started with a speech from the Democrat ranking member about how there is absolutely, positively, none, zero evidence that the government colluded with social media to censor people. Okay, this was the first five minutes. My eyes were ready to pop out of my head, but this is old news. We already know there's evidence. We've already seen the Twitter files and everything else. But then she continued on that theme. And then the Democratic committee members decided to talk about, instead of the uh, government colluding with social media to strangle the First Amendment to death, they didn't want to talk about that. They wanted to talk about Donald Trump. Seriously. They brought in a witness, a former Homeland Security and counterterrorism advisor to Mike Pence to talk about how Trump is literally Hitler. In your testimony, you cited <clears throat> uh, violent language, increasingly incendiary language being invoked by President Trump about his so-called enemies. One of the words he used was vermin. What does that echo in your mind? Anyone else come to mind historically who referred to enemies of the state as vermin? Yes, the horrible Hitler. And Goebbels. Yeah, and Stalin and probably Mao. Uh, not good people. Not good people. But here she is echoing what every Democratic member said. Other than that Trump is Hitler. He wants to ban all Muslims, overthrow the government, and he's going to start exterminating people. Now, here's the second part of her testimony. Weaponization of the federal government is a serious topic that requires sober analysis. Unfortunately, what we see here today and what we have seen from this committee over the past year is instead a politically motivated fantasy detached from reality. Members of this committee and their witnesses make grand and vague accusations about government censorship, but those foggy allegations are refuted by the facts that private social media companies moderating content on their own private platforms is not government censorship. Oh my gosh. It is those private companies exercising their own First Amendment rights to rid their platforms of misinformation. There is a treasure trove of documents. You will not believe, when you go down this rabbit hole, and you must, you must go down this rabbit hole. When you go down the rabbit hole of what was released this week, and I'm going to go into it here in a second, you will see the act 
actual documents and emails. All right. It was like watching two unrelated hearings playing over each other at the same time. At one moment, there were witnesses talking about how our government is using psychological warfare against its own citizens. And then, boom, Trump is Hitler. We live in two separate realities. It's like half the country recently came from an alternate universe, which got melded into ours in some cosmic storm or I don't know, maybe this is global warming or something. And sometimes the portal rips open and the two universes sit side by side, yet totally separate. We're talking about how social media is colluding with the government. This is not just censorship, colluding with the government and the documents prove the U.S. intel and military industrial complex to literally change the way people in America think. They are operating government psyops on Americans. This is brainwashing. This is Manchurian candidate stuff. This is this is Ray Bradbury. This, I mean, this is the worst of the worst. And they didn't want to talk about it. This is a major issue. And we've got less than a year. And if we don't solve this, we're done. Now, I watched two men who both, I think, were both lefties. Okay? They were both Democrats and lefties at one point. But they are actual journalists. Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, former Democrats, Debating with a Democratic congresswoman who, so helped me, was arguing that because there was only 35% of URLs labeled, removed, or soft-blocked, that that was evidence that there's no censorship. And you could hear Matt Taibbi say, kind of under his breath, 35% of the First Amendment. Okay. But at the same time, Pence's former advisor was saying, the only weaponization of the government we need to worry about is Trump who isn't even in the government right now. And since he's Hitler, you know, wouldn't it be best to get a hold of this government censorship apparatus before your Hitler comes back? I have to tell you, there, there was also this bizarre effort to equate free speech on the Internet with horrific crimes. Listen to this. This is one congresswoman, Democrat, asking Matt Taibbi if he was OK with having rape live streamed online. Here it is. Mr. Taibbi, yes or no. Should social media companies allow rape and murder to be live streamed by terrorists on their platforms in order to create fear and incite violence? I believe that would violate their terms of service, would it so, not? So your answer is no, it, it should not do, they, they should not be allowed to do that. Live stream rape and murder? No, right. I, think that, I think that would count as speech that would be prohibited under their ter- terms good, of service. Good, good. You- it's not speech. It's crime. It's rape and murder. That's not speech. I have to play one more clip of a Democratic congressman calling the whole thing a conspiracy. But in doing so actually explained what was happening oh so very well if we really want to talk about the weaponization of the federal government we should talk about it and that's donald trump that's not this grand crazy conspiracy of how the uh, administration has utilize the social media companies against whom the first amendment does not apply in order to suppress speech 
Thank goodness many of the committee members recognize that. So an agency funded and created by the government, a partnership funded and created by the, gar- partnership, or by the government's number one stated goal is to censor true information. And whole narratives, whole ways of thinking. That should terrify everybody, Democrat, Republican, independent, yeah. young, old, anybody else. This is so critical to understand in whole thinking. This is not about the old censorship. Twitter was censoring. That's not this. There is censorship. But now we have added covert operations run and funded by the Pentagon, run by our military industrial complex in public private partnerships to destroy the lives, not only the narrative, but to then destroy the lives of those who the government needs to be silenced, even if they know it to be true. Then active disinformation run by puppet voices and bots to get you to think a different way. And it's not just about misinformation that's out there. They want to block anyone on any narrative that might disagree with the government's narrative and do that in advance. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Ladies and gentlemen, big breaking news. Stop the music. This is important that we report on this update. Now breaking. Dateline, Washington, D.C. George Santos, a spell expelled from Congress. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. What? Yeah. George Santos, the person none of us had heard about like three weeks ago. He he's out. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. I'm stunned to hear it. Yeah. I also didn't know who he was three weeks ago, so I'm not exactly I, all that riveted. No way. I knew who he was after his oh, election yeah. because he was lying or something. He immediately turned into the biggest story in the whole world. This unknown congressman uh, suddenly became the biggest story in the world, according to the New York Times. They're writing about him okay, eight, so, ten times so a day. What did he say? What were the lies? He, well... Allegedly. Okay. Allegedly. Right. Allegedly. He, I'm actually, a lot of the lies he admitted to, was, okay. which was he, he said he worked at, I think it was like Morgan Stanley or some, some big bank and he didn't actually work there. He, okay. Wait, 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 wait. So he said he had a job that he didn't have. I so, think like, so, if yeah. you said, I was a truck driver and, uh, and I used to drive these trucks and I remember driving these trucks and you, you didn't ever drive trucks. So it'd be kind of like that, I guess. Claim yeah. to have a job that mm-hmm. you didn't have. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. What other lie did he tell? He allegedly lied to donors and said uh, and used their money that was supposed to go for the campaign for things like Botox and OnlyFans. What's on? What's OnlyFans? It's like uh, the way. Well, I mean, it's a you know. First of all, it's a very honest way to make a living. We should not look down on it at all oh, is this the one where you perform for money or whatever yeah, yeah okay. i mean it's some use it that way mm-hmm. you know others who knows which what, what account well, what, uh, you, you know, don't can, know what he did okay, uh, he right. maybe went on some uh gambling trips allegedly okay all right uh, personal okay. travel all right. um he all right. allegedly lied to collect unemployment benefits this is all from the left-wing media here. okay uh, he allegedly co- uh, committed identity theft. He wow. allegedly so lied a, to Congress. So it's, he I mean, that's re- reimbursed himself for loans he didn't make. If all of those things were true, he lied about right. where he went to high school yeah. and college if, and that he worked on Wall Street. Okay. If all of those things are true, uh-huh. it would be like I took money in bribe money, called it a loan, washed it through offshore accounts, had my son 
you know, take that money and deliver it and divide it up to the family, and then I got some of that. It money. wouldn't need nearly that bad. It would That's not a terrible near. analogy because okay. it would not be that right. bad at all. Okay, that, what you're talking about would be much, much, much worse. <laughs> Especially if the really? person you were talking about had some notoriety of some sort. Right. Like if he was an important person in okay. our country. All right. And the person that used to drive a truck that he never drove. There you go. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'm shocked that uh, Santos is, you know, out. Yeah, it was 311 uh, to 114 was the vote. I think they needed 260 or 280 now, to remember, get him thrown out. So he's, he'll, he'll be thrown out to be doing a special election in New York eventually. Remember the guy who was uh, pulling the fire alarm to stop a vote? Oh, yeah. Okay. He's still there. He's still there. He's they totally didn't, they, fine. The Republicans were just too much of wusses to throw that guy out. Okay. Something that you and I would go to jail for? Yeah. Uh, they, they couldn't bring themselves to throw no. him out. Yeah. I, I don't even know who this Santos guy is. He came no from one no one knows who he is. No one knew who he was. He's a completely a completely invisible but no had no accomplishments. Is, was not right. He was he had been in office for like a week. And is there the chance, biggest story in the country? Is there a chance he's a Sasha uh, 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 Sasha Baron Cohen? Yes. I am a full believer in this theory. I think this whole thing has been performance art. I don't think George Santos exists. I don't think he ever... I, I don't think... Now, he's a real person. I'm not saying he's a fake AI person. I'm saying he is an actor. An actor who has decided to do a big piece of performance art where he's going to come out wow. and make some big point. He's about to reveal it now that he's been thrown now, out know of Congress. You who he sounds like? You know who Stu sounds like right now? And I'm just saying, lawyers, line up. Sound a little like Alex Jones in your performance art. <laughs> True. Hey, there's a whole other theory on that. Yeah. One. But let, let me give you this: Tina Smith. Okay, Tina Smith. She is a uh, senator mm-hmm. from Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. She is on the Senate Committee on Health. Okay. Uh, pretty important role. Okay. Yeah. Um, she decided to uh, make a little purchase. She bought some uh, stock, two hundred fifty thousand dollars of stock, in a company called Tactile Systems. Which, you know, everyone's been talking. Everybody's been talking about, about that. that tactile one, that's systems. a no-brainer. Now, uh, there's a, a Twitter account that goes through all the stock purchases mm, of the yeah, families. Yeah. I love those people. Uh, uh, and, and sees, are they making suspicious purchases? Uh, they call it one of the smallest companies they've ever seen a politician buy. Has almost no volume. No one knew anything. It was just this little tiny, tiny company invested $250,000 in this company. Since then, the stock has risen 43%. Holy. Now, that's, I don't know, strange? Like, well, but she didn't have any knowledge or anything. She was just a good speculator, right? Right. I Maybe. Who knows? We don't have any evidence. We don't know for sure. That's just a little blip from a, a senator, not a random congressman who's been in office for a day. This is a, a senator in a purplish state. This should be, you'd think, at least a story you know the media's asking is. questions this, about. This Santos thing, you know what this is? Persecution of a gay man and a gay congressman. This is a gay man, gay congressman. You're right. Yeah. I This is, okay, so he's a, he comes out of nowhere. No one knows who he is. He's a gay Republican, gets elected, suddenly has all these very easily disprovable lies, none of which come out until like a day before the election, hmm. he, he is 
somehow uh, then put as on as the basically the face of the Republican Party for two <laughs> years. I've never even heard of the guy. He just becomes the face of the Republican Party. Right. And then gets thrown out of Congress. Now, my understanding is Bob Menendez is still in the Senate. <laughs> he is. He's still there. He is. This story's been going on for a decade. The All guy's right. still there. Okay, let me help you make sense of the world. Okay. Okay, let me help you make sense. Because I know that story doesn't make sense. But this one does. You know McDonald's has been in the news lately, having some troubles, right? I Well, yeah, there's been some, some there's talk. There's been some talk, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Well... They have announced today that they have been working on improving the Big Mac since 2016. <laughs> they are they are announcing today, after all of those years since 2016, how they've decided to improve the Big Mac. Okay, so this must be this is big, a big this is huge development right? on a Big Mac. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. What they're going to do to the Big Mac, and I am not kidding you. They've been working on it since 2016. It's a long time. What they're going to do to make it better is they're going to include two smaller cooked all beef patties. So they're they're making the patties. They're reducing the size of the patties. They're adding more special sauce than fresh lettuce. Cheese and pickles. Wait, what were the, what was the, but wait a what was the lettuce mm-hmm. before? <laughs> well, apparently not fresh. Okay, okay. This uh-huh. is this is not. They're not saying fresh. They're saying fresher, fresher, because it came in a fresher. bag right before. Like they came in a sealed sure, bag. Sure, and I doubt it does now. I think they're going down to the farmers market <laughs> really now to get it. Yeah, locally sourced. Love course. <laughs> now, here's the big thing. Yeah, here's the big thing. Mm-hmm. You're saying to yourself that doesn't sound necessarily like a good change because you'd think. You'd want to advertise making your beef patty bigger. Bigger. That would be something yeah. you'd be excited to announce. I don't know if they're going to advertise that it's smaller. Well, like, but why do we know about it? Well, I mean, every other piece of shrinkflation, right, just happens. They just do it and they don't tell you about it. Why do we know about this? Well, because they've been uh, they've got a big a big uh, makeover coming from McDonald's, okay. and so you know they're making fifty changes to their foods. Ooh, okay, yeah, okay. And so, the first one is, hey, first one, our our namesake a, product. We're gonna make smaller. We're gonna make it worse. And then no, this <laughs> is, mean, this smaller, is the one. Sorry. This is the one that this changes everything. Okay. They're going to take the burger buns. Okay. Okay. They're going to continue to be round. Whole grain. Don't be crazy. Is it going to be whole grain now? No, 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 <laughs> okay. no, no. It's going to be still round. Okay. Because they want to keep that. that that's important. Uh, and buttery. Because they want to keep that. Good. Uh, okay. All mm-hmm. right. But the sesame seeds, I am quoting, <laughs> the sesame seeds will also be more scattered To create a more homemade look. Wow. They've been working on this since 2016. How do I buy some McDonald's (laughs) stock today? Is that available? That's scattered. You come into my office as the CEO and you say, been working on this since 2016. Here's what we're going to do. I don't throw you out of my office. If I'm in a high story building, I might throw you out the window. That's what you came up with? Scattered sesame seeds and smaller no, boss, beef patties? Boss, 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 boss. Listen. This is going to be great. This is going to throw the whole thing. This is a whole new curve. You know the sesame seed bun? They're going to be distributed not as evenly 
on the bun. Ooh, it's going to look more homemade when it comes out of the shoot down the burger shoot it's gonna look more homemade <laughs> that is bizarre yeah why well, would they why would i mean is it just a pitch to to investors to say we're going to be saving money on these things and uh, i mean what, what what could possibly be the reason they would tell people about this uh i, I don't know i don't know really strange big mac changes are happening after mcdonald's ranked 13th among u.s change with customers calling their burgers desirable so remember, it used to be the Whopper or the Big Mac. Mm-hmm. Have it your way. Now it's like, we don't want any of your ways. Really? Yeah. You guys are way down on the pack. I freaking love their food. I don't care what people say. I don't care. I, I, I had Taco too. Bell last night. It was delicious. I I, I'm sorry. I don't... I, we can I can sit here and complain about all oh, capitalism chain restaurants. There's to look at look, every one of our our areas now just looks like a giant strip mall. Great. I love it. I love the fact that there's a freaking one of these restaurants on every corner. It makes my life special. I have to I have to tell well, I don't know about special. It I makes it t- special. I love it. It's I, I, it's incredible. How how can a society achieve so many wonderful things? I have to tell Screw you. Screw it. Anybody who can make a fillet of fish, which I doubt has any fish in it, tastes like that. It's a miracle. <laughs> Thank it's a you. miracle. It is. And the that bun, which is now smaller, the whole thing is. And mug. no sesame seeds uh, on that. And bun, no right? sesame seeds just, on that bun. It perfectly you smooth, could roll, just like hold me. <laughs> yeah, you could roll yeah. that up like silly putty in your hand. It's they're fantastic. <laughs> And, and you know what? They're freaking delicious. And they're delicious. I they do. Are. The I McDonald's love breakfast is delicious. Is so good. It is. I love it. Probably made of heavy metal plastic. I don't but care. I don't care. It's so I good. I don't care. I know. I know. I just, I we, know. We, we live in a society where we have to say, well, I mean, it's probably not even, who knows what. Stop it. It's great. It's a great freaking achievement. The fact that you can churn out food that's delicious, that gives people uh, an opportunity to eat at a low price that they don't that's have to not, prepare. Surely somebody who would pay $12 for a Big Mac will pay 17 well, It's Look, it might be $12 now, but every other place is 80 So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> relatively cheap. How about that? Na, na, na.